0: What we want is to create an environment where we are over-delivering and making people feel truly seen, truly valued, and truly loved. To do this, it requires looking at the details. Hello, my love. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Shamelessly Ambitious, and we are listening to episode 122. Listen. Have you ever had one of those experiences where you invest in something and you are just blown away by the experience, whether it's maybe a realtor, maybe you get a realtor and they just knock it out of the heart with the experience that they you. We actually had realtors in Colorado that really did this for us, that we just felt like they were so engaged. They were so on top of things. And then we continued to get like gifts or just reminders or love notes for like a year after working with them. I even remember like the day that we moved in, they delivered pizza to our house for our kids and stuff because they knew like this was like move in day. It was just so thoughtful and so curated and so amazing. Have you ever had one of those experiences? I've had it in a few instances. I've had it in a mentorship experience. I've had it in obviously this real estate experience. And I think you can think of this with anything. You can think of that one waiter that like really stood out because he was so communicative and just funny and vulnerable and just like really made your dining experience one of a kind. Maybe you've had a hotel stay that just like went above and beyond. Like we had this, where was that? I think it was in Cabo. We went to Cabo, my husband and I, and stayed at this amazing hotel. And the experience from start to finish was divine. Like it was so thoughtful, so curated, so spectacular, right? Now, what do all of these experiences have in common? Well, they all over-delivered. They all over deliver, and in essence, it's to under promise and to over deliver. We came into it expecting one thing and got so much more. Here's our expectations; they're down here, and here's what we ended up getting from it, and it was mind blowing. The experience that we got to have, and those are the kind of people that really they stick. You think about them, you refer them, you 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 talk about them like loud and proud. Like this, I had this experience, and it just freaking rocked my world. Right, well, my friend. You can imagine that's what we're talking about today on the podcast. We are talking about over delivery as a breaking standard. Here's what's true. Here's what we need to know. Okay, it's pretty impossible to amaze people, to inspire people, to ignite that same sort of reaction that I'm referring to in people. If you're just kind of like fucking around and find out, (laughs) okay, if you're just you're just seeing what will happen, if you're just throwing something together and then bringing people in and seeing what happens, I can promise you nine times out of 10, you're probably not over-delivering. In fact, if you're not actually considering the art of over-delivery, you're probably not over-delivering. And I'm not here to call you out because, of course, I know you're listening to this podcast, so you want to be over-delivering. You care about over-delivering. But the truth of the matter is, is that amazing experiences that, that are all evoking, they live in the details, the, the little details. So I often teach that when we are creating a program, some of the most important features of a program is to think about what are you not going to talk about, but are actually going to provide, right? Maybe it's a a bonus call that you're going to give that's going to be kind of feeling like a surprise, but you had planned it all along. Maybe it's access to an extra program that you have. Maybe it's the gift that you send in the mail at the beginning. Maybe it's the closing call that you do. This is something that I do inside my business is that with my one-to-one clients, I send them an email as soon as our container closes that says, here's an additional call. I want you to show up. I just want to spoil you with recognition. I want to show you and tell you rather how I see you, how I've experienced you. Because I think a lot of times in, in mentorship at all, it tends to be like, here, give me a testimony. Tell me how amazing I am. Let me know how I've impacted your life. If that's not wrong, of course we want testimonies. This is powerful. But I knew that in my experiences, I wanted to leave people better than I found them. That's sort of the standard in my practice in general. But more importantly, I wanted to witness that. And I wanted to do so in a very intentionally curated moment where I actually took time to sit down and jot down notes of like, how did I experience this person? And what did I see in them? And what was the growth? And how do I view them? And how have they changed my life, right? And I tell you, every single time, they're like blown away by the experience, often in tears over the experience. And that's what we want. We, not the tears. That could be a bonus sometimes, right? But what we want is to create an environment where we are over-delivering and making people feel truly seen, truly valued, and truly loved. And the truth of the matter is that to do this, it requires planning. It requires strategic implementation. It requires looking at the details, right? It requires being different than most brands, to be honest with you. And that's the name of the game, right? We stand out when we're willing to humanize the customer experience. More importantly, not just the customer experience when they work with you, but the customer experience past working with you. And we'll get into that in a moment. So my encouragement to you, first and foremost, is to take a look at all the offers, all the things that you do, whether you are a service provider or you own a brick and mortar or you are a coach of some sort, really look at every offer that you have and the experience that you provide that delivery. I would say this as much as like your social media presence. Are you delivering a lot of really great free value or are you sticking to very high level, like I'll give you a piece, but you got to pay me to get the rest kind of stuff. Even that is an under-delivery, right? It's an under-delivery and that's not what we want to do. We want to create that over-delivery effect, right? So we want to plan ahead. And I would say as well, when we're planning, consider things like when you're Hosting a program as a, for instance, if you're doing some sort of like a group program, consider whether or not people can be actively engaged. Like, are you running a group program over the summer and kind of expecting more from your people than they can give? Are you creating programs that keep the human in mind in general? So in the creation point as well, I don't want you to forget that. Like, even when you're creating the program, I've seen people add way, way, way too much to a program, thinking that that's over delivery, but it's not like top secret. It is not over delivery to over. Give in a way that feels overwhelming, right? So, I would say almost always simple is better. Like, keep it really simple, keep it actionable, keep it stuff that's going to actively change their life, but things they can do because there's nothing worse than joining a program and feeling so overwhelmed by the amount of content that you're given that you feel like you can't actively do it and you never feel like you can really be in the program. Because, yeah, we are after the testimony, we are after the results more than the testimony, the result, right? the result comes when people can implement the things that we're teaching and really feel what happens afterwards, right? And so simple is always better. So even when you're creating it, create it through the lens of simplicity, actionability, purpose, and more importantly, plan it through like, if you know your ideal client, which you should, if you know the person that you are working with and you know, like as a copywriter, for instance, if you know that the act of filling out all the tedious questions of copywriting is overwhelming for them. What can you do to ease this process, right? Is it maybe even in the questionnaire, you're giving a lot more prompts on there so they feel like they understand, or maybe you're giving examples or just different ways to like ease that process for them right? My copywriter recently sent me a uh, coffee gift card. It was like, hey, go grab coffee on me, enjoy this, drink this coffee while you're filling out these questions. You know, like just little simple nuanced things that are going to make somebody feel seen and valued. But think of that through the lens of like, what's going to make this process even easier for this person, even better for this person. But moreover, we want to consider things like the onboarding and the offboarding. Okay. So when I say onboarding, it's when somebody finds you and they're interested in whatever it is that you have to offer, what is the experience? So when they start, they know exactly what they're getting, how to get the most out of it, the boundaries, maybe if that's applicable within your business, are they getting it via email? Are they getting it via voice? Do they get a PDF? Do they get something in the mail? Like what is their experience coming into the program or the offer or the one-to-one or the real estate partnership? Whatever it is, what is that experience? What does it look like? I obviously personally do like business coaching and private coaching. And so one thing that I do to set the tone is, one, everybody's always going to get an an initial email that's going to go over like, one, congratulations, I'm so excited you're a part of this program, X, Y, and Z. I do a little reminder of what it is they're going to get from the program, the, the experience that they get to have, et cetera, et cetera. But then I'm also going to go down like logistically, here's what you need to do. Here's your steps ones, your step two, your step three over the next however long. If somebody's enrolling in the program's not actually starting for a couple of weeks. That obviously is different than if something's starting right away. OK, so I want to make sure they're instantly getting some form of communication and celebration for the app that they have had. In certain programs, there is a gift that's also sent. So I make sure that my team is prepared to get that gift out in time. We also do intake forms typically to gather information, especially like my private higher level clients to gather information like birthdays or celebrations or things where we can over deliver a little bit with like a birthday gift or a birthday email or whatever the case may be. Okay. So I'm also gathering information, but I'm actively telling them steps one, two, three, four, five. Okay. In my group programs and actually in my one to one offers as well, they get that email, but also when the program or the offer or whatever the container begins. I pop in with like a welcome to this space. It's typically via Boxer, right? But maybe it's on a phone call. Maybe it's somewhere else. It just depends. Where I am, again, reiterating how they're going to get the most out of this program. One thing that I've done more recently is I'm also, because the industry, in my humble opinion, has become sort of cringy. (laughs) There's a few cringy things. The way that I make sure that they know what they can get is I actually take a moment to share what they won't experience inside of my program. And what I mean by this is I'll literally say, like, if you've ever been inside of a program and you've been told that you can only take up to three minutes to share your thoughts or ask your question, that is not what this space is. If you need 12 minutes to process what you need to say, take your 12 minutes and I will listen to every second of what you have to say because you paid me, you invested in me, and I honor that. and I honor you for this investment. And this is just my values. (laughs) Like, first and foremost... If you can't listen to somebody's message for over a few minutes, but you expect them to pay you thousands of dollars, get just get out of here. We don't even want you in this area. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually paint the picture through that lens, right? I'll also give clarity. So if it's a kind of program where they can submit items for review, documents for review. I will say, like, if it's something small, like an Instagram bio, go ahead and just screenshot that and throw it into the Boxer space. and I can review it right there. But if it's longer, it's going to take a little bit more of my attention to detail. Please send it via email. That way I have it in my inbox to look at it that way and just shoot me a message in Boxer letting me know that it's there. I also let them know the boundaries, right? I'm in Voxer blank amount of days. So I'm personally inside of Voxer on Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. I'm not in there on Tuesdays. I'm not there on the weekends, but I do pop in multiple times a day because it matters to me to make sure you get your questions answered. So you don't just hear from me at 8 a.m. on a Monday and then you won't hear from me again on Wednesday. Like I am in here, you've invested in me, I care about that and I'm freaking here for you, right? But I'll also say, hey, if you give me a document to review, and it's several pages long. It's going to take me a couple more days, but I'll always let you know exactly how long it's going to take. And typically what I do promises up to 48 business hours to get a review. So it just kind of depends. But again, I have clarity on this. I have clarified what are the deliverables of this program and what is the clarity that I need to provide to my clients to make sure they know how to get the most out of this. Again, a lot of people come into experiences with their own past experiences. And I've had this happen where... Somebody was like, oh, I was going to ask that question, but I'd already messaged you and I just didn't want to, I was like, oh my gosh, stop it right now. You can ask me as many questions as you want to ask me. And so really it's through practice and of course trial and error where we start to recognize like people need to know exactly what they're going to get out of something, exactly how to take advantage of something, exactly what they can and cannot do. And I've just personally decided to make sure that they know that I am not like most mentors out there, that I do things very, very different. Okay. So we want to look at the onboarding. Then we want to look at the actual experience of the program, which I kind of mentioned already, right? So have you really simplified it? If it's like a DIY program, have you created PDFs to go along with it for the visual learner versus the auditory learner versus the you know tactile learner? Like, are you exploring every possible option? Yes, even inside your DIY programs, like... How are you considering the person on the other side? What is the communication? What is the platform with which you communicate? How are you checking in with this person? And again, I don't care if you're a real estate agent, you're a bar owner, or you're a business coach. You have to be considering each of these aspects because they make the difference. And here's what I need you to know. The reason why this is so important is one, because you did not create your business just to like fuck around and see what happens. You just didn't. You created it because you wanted a legacy, because you wanted sustainability, because you wanted to make a difference. Creating over-delivery ensures that you're making that difference, but moreover, it does create that sustainability factor because now people can't help but talk about you. They can't help but re-sign with you. This is where retention comes from, okay? So we've got the middle ground. You want to really consider like what's happening inside of the program and how am I supporting them inside of the program? Are there little extras, like I said, birthday gifts that you can give, surprise extras you can give in the middle of it? I have experiences in mentorship and it really does feel so good to have somebody go like, "Hey." I want to give you an extra call. You know what I mean? Think of these things. Think of what's going to feel so good, but plan it in advance. So they don't know what's coming, but you know what's coming. And then you want to think of offboarding. Okay, so offboarding for me is when a container has come to a close. And let me back up a little. One other thing that I do with group calls and even with my one-to-one calls is we have a kickoff call first. So the actual program doesn't start until after we've all had a chance to connect because again, human first, human everything. So I recently began a new mini mind. And before we start any of the content or any of the like learning integration kind of stuff, it was like, let's just connect as humans first. Let's get to know one another. Let's bring on our vulnerabilities. Let's ensure that you all feel really good in in one another's presence so that you can fully take advantage of this. Okay. But I also like to do this typically as an over-delivery, as like a closing call, closing celebration. Like, hey, this wasn't on the books. This wasn't what you thought you'd get, but let's get together and have coffee. Let's celebrate the fact that this thing is coming to a close, right? Or I said with my one-to-ones, I actually give them a closing call. We're witnessing them, actively witnessing them. So think of what would be a really cool over-delivery when something's coming to an end. Maybe it's access into your next program. Maybe it's a free audit of all the work that they just did within your program, and now they want to see it. Maybe it's like the real example I gave of like sending dinner or sending a gift or whatever the case may be. Okay, so think of a way to over-deliver on that offboarding process. So this is both the details of what we wanted to include plus the secret over-deliveries. Okay, and finally, and maybe you knew this is coming, maybe you didn't. We have to humanize the customer experience past the end of contract. Okay, this is important, and what I mean by this is if. You just completely stop communicating or connecting with somebody or serving somebody the moment that they're no longer paying you. Everything that you did to that point, to me, is just flushed down the toilet. There is a huge integrity breach. And I shared this recently on my Instagram stories because this has been my experience over and over and over again, where I meet a mentor, I decide that it feels like the right fit to invest in them. I invest a ton of fucking money into them. I'm actively engaged throughout the program or the experience, the mastermind, the private coaching, whatever the case may be, I've had this experience, all of those. They're telling me that they love me and they're so into everything that I'm going for and they're, my goals are their goals and they're, they're a mentor during it, it feels good. And then I stop paying them. I'm no longer in their program. I didn't sign up for anything additional and they disappear. They're no longer engaging in my stories. They're no longer liking my posts they're no longer connecting with me in any way. And in worst case scenarios, which unfortunately has happened a handful of times, I go to find out that they actually even unfollowed. Like they couldn't even bear to continue communicating with me. And let me let me caveat here. These are not situations where there was a negative ending. These were not situations where there was anything bad that happened that would be like, oh, well, that makes sense. They had to hold boundaries. It's not like that. It is literally that they just they are only following the people that are paying them. And there is a, a very, a very uncomfy feeling that comes from this. Really uncomfy. Because at the end of the day, not only did I invest in this person, but I invested in them personally. I got to know them. I cared about them. I felt like they cared about me. And if we're looking again at that human first modality, can you imagine what people feel on the other side? I felt crushed every single time it's happened, even though it's happened a couple of times. I felt crushed. I feel heartbroken. You start to get into your head, you know, even though I'm a therapist and I have all of these emotional resilient practices that I utilize on a daily basis. You I go down these spirals of like, what did I do wrong? Or did I think there was a relationship where there wasn't a relationship? Or, you know, you go down these spirals and it can feel so disarming. And I've had it happen where the entire experience is now tainted. The entire experience. And I wouldn't never, never refer any one of these people to somebody else because that's a shitty thing to feel. And I was having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine, a colleague of mine about this after I'd posted on Instagram and we were talking about it. She's like, she's a fellow therapist as well. So she was talking about like, you know, I just, I, I do get weary of continuing to support somebody in mentorship. So I wanted to touch on that because I'm not expecting this person to still be in Boxer with me. I'm not expecting this person to be giving out free advice or for me to be dropping into their inbox, asking questions and them answering. It. I am, of course, responsible for my own boundaries and have never done something like that. But even if somebody did, let's say I had a client that I worked with before and they dropped into my inbox and they had this very robust question. If it was simple, honestly, I'm going to answer it. Full transparency, <laughs> I'm just going to answer it. Like if they're like, hey, I saw you did this strategy on your podcast how did it go? Or why did you end up doing that? Or how did you get that to work? I'm going to fucking answer it because they've paid me in the past. I don't care that they're not paying me anymore. I have a relationship with them. I genuinely do care about them. That wasn't a lie. I'm going to answer it. If instead it's like, hey, I'm having the struggle with people not enrolling in this program. What are your thoughts? What can I do? That's obviously different. And in that case, I would say, oh my gosh, I love you. And I know I want to support you in this. Here are a couple options where I can answer those questions right? I'm going to give them actionable tools like, hey, join the Empire Society where you can ask questions from me and I will give you one-to-one style answers. I will answer them inside of Empire Musings. And then you'll also get X, Y, and Z, right? Like I'm going to tell them, here's how you can get that from me. I'm going to always hold my own boundaries, but I'm not talking about boundaries here. I'm talking about your active decision to still be invested in the people who have invested in you past their investment. I just said investment a lot. Does that make sense? <laughs> like I expect the people that I have paid, especially just a few months ago, to still actively be following me and maybe not engaging in everything that I do, but like from a genuine state. Like I genuinely care about the people that I've worked with, especially, you know, this is the caveat, I mentioned this on Instagram as well. Of course, as I'm scaling my business and I'm selling a lot more DIY programs, it does get a little bit more challenging to give that personal effect. And so I have to think about how can I still create that human-first approach? How can I still over-deliver for these people but be mindful of my own energy? So, of course, I have different standards, different over-delivery for different tiers of my offers. Not meaning that if you pay me more, you get more, but just in general, right? Like if you're a private client of mine, I'm going to be deeply invested in who you are. and That's not just going to go away because you stop paying me. And if it does, I should quit my fucking job, period. I should quit this business immediately because I'm not taking it seriously. And I'm sorry, I'm getting a little fired up here, but I really, really care about this stuff. I think it's a big problem in this industry where everybody is focused on profit. Everybody is focused on invoices and making money and they're not focused on the human on the other side. It's a problem, like a real serious problem. Why can't we be of the belief system that we're more concerned about what we can do for others than what others can do for us? That is what I desire for this industry. That's what I desire for you. That's what I desire for me. And I will consider that over and over and over again. So one tactic, I will tell you this, this is, we still have to have strategy here, right? One strategy that I deploy is that when somebody is in a higher tier program of mine, so one-to-one or a mastermind or mini mind that I have, and I'm actively engaging with them, and they then leave that program and don't continue with anything else. I add them to a saved folder on my Instagram that just says past clients. And you do that, if you don't know how to do this, you literally just save somebody's post. I typically save it where it's like a picture of their face, just so I know exactly who that person is. And every week, I spend a little bit of time just going and checking in on the people that I've worked with before, watching their stories, seeing the past posts they did, just engaging. And yeah, that maybe sounds strategic, but I'm only human. And like, I can barely remember to call my best friends. So don't hate me on this, but like, I'm going to create strategy to ensure that I'm good at this, that I'm decent at this, that I am genuine with this, but it's me. It's me actively engaging. It's me actively watching. And it's coming from a really genuine place of like, I want to see what you're up to. I want to encourage you and celebrate you and witness you. That matters to me. Like really, really does matter to me. Right? So at the end of the day, it's so important to remember that you will always have to go out and find new clients if you treat your current clients, not just well, but above the standard well like queens that they are because not only will they come back for more but they will share about you from the freaking rooftops and then you won't have to always be concerned with finding new people because your people will be right here you will collect the people that genuinely appreciate a kind of person that's willing to put a human first and over deliver over and over and over again let's make over delivery the standard let's focus on the details that ensure that somebody feels seen and loved and and truly received and accepted and cared for. Let's change how we do things in business. So I wanna encourage you today to take a look at your offerings and what it is that you do and how you over-deliver and the processes and the clarity that you provide. And I wanna invite you to put yourself on the CEO wait list. I have this mastermind and it's had multiple iterations. (laughs) But ultimately, it's landed at this really beautiful, beautiful place where it's essentially a mastermind that helps you to build a sustainable and ethical business. The place where we allow for self-witnessing because we know that a better you equals a better founder, a better creator, a better leader, a better service provider, whatever, whatever it is that you are, and all those things, right? Because holding space for your own human experience as you hold space for others is, it's non-negotiable. Right, a fully conscious you is required to build a fully conscious business. So, in this mastermind, I hold space for the the conscious collective of building you, but I also hold space for you to build that ethical, sustainable business through refined company operations, through personalized consumer experiences, just like what we're talking about here, through a business strategy that continues to work for you for years to come, even as your brand shifts, as the industry shifts, as life shifts. It's strategy that stands the test of time, meaning it's not one-size-fits-all kind of strategy. So we're talking about everything from emotional management and regulation and caring for you as a leader to the actual strategy that's to ensure that your business is sustainable and feels good and calms your nervous system rather than wreaks havoc on it. Right. So this is a mastermind that is definitely for the seasoned entrepreneur, the business owner who is Really edging for the multi-six figures in their business, but wanting to do so through an ethical mindset, right? This is the person who's ready to step into their profound expert role, but desires an infrastructure and a foundational teaching that goes outside the standard industry norms, if you will, and also is not a one-size-fits-all. So if this sounds exciting for you, this is a mastermind. It also includes a retreat. Cause if you know me, I love the in-person experience. I think it makes it's a non-negotiable for me when it comes to creating a mastermind. I think the proximity of being together inside of a mastermind is everything. We have to first create the relationship. I've been in masterminds where we just get going right off the cuff and it's really hard to feel connected to the people in the room, but it's the connection of the people in the room that makes the difference of a mastermind. So I've specifically curated my masterminds to include the connection first so you can really really take advantage of this space so i'm going to put the link to join the waitlist because we are getting started in january and my waitlist of course is going to get first dibs on this opportunity special pricing special bonuses all the things so if this is something that feels really interesting to you and you're curious i suggest you add yourself to the waitlist otherwise i will see you next week for the next episode